You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. You know, Detroit is a city that's rooted in pride for a past that hardly seems familiar in the modern world. A booming auto industry, two million residents living in the Paris of the West, and good-paying jobs for blue-collar workers. The city's a lot different now, and there's a struggle between those who would like to bring back some of that former glory and those who understand we need to build something really different and really new. And oftentimes, it seems the dividing line falls along a generation gap. We hear a lot of theories, perspectives, and plans for the redevelopment of Detroit from senior industry leaders, but what do young professionals, millennials, who will really be the ones implementing these programs and living in this new Detroit, what do they say about it? And can institutional knowledge learn something from these fresh perspectives? Pure Michigan just released a new ad highlighting Detroit and the new fun and exciting things that are happening in some of areas of the city. Here's a little bit of that ad. When does the city have a soul? When it's called Detroit. Where we can laugh with someone we just met and feel the touch of art on the human heart. Where we can find a quiet corner for two, or shout out a concert with thousands. It's time to plug into something bigger than ourselves. It's time to meet the old masters and the new maestros. So tell the driver to keep the change. Let's take a sidewalk less traveled and come see what a real city feels like. It's time to meet what's new and what's next in Detroit. All right, that was, of course, Detroit native Tim Allen, uh, who the, is the voice of the Pure Michigan ads, talking in this ad about Detroit. First time, in fact, that I can remember Pure Michigan focusing explicitly and exclusively on the, the state's biggest city for uh, that tourism effort. And so that's a welcome development. Joining me now, though, to talk about Detroit and uh, from the sort of community ground level, some of the things that are going on are three members. Members of the Urban Land Institute. They are Michigan's Young Leaders Group. Uh, Martha Portier, who is uh, Grandmont, with the Grandmont Rosedale Development Corporation. Sarah Pavelko, she manages 0% home repair loan program. And Aaron Goodman, who's the Community Development Advocates of Detroit. CDAD. Uh, I always say CDAD is old school uh, revitalization here in Detroit. Really a long time organization that has been working to organize people around the idea of fixing up neighborhoods, sewing them back together, uh, lifting people up. Guys, welcome to Detroit Today, all three of you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and you are all, I should mention, uh, you guys are all uh, not newcomers to the city, but you're people who did not grow up here in in Detroit, which I think is uh, an important thing to note. Uh, we, we can be sort of hostile sometimes to folks who are not, <laughs> who are not uh, Detroiters. I try to take a, a, a different view of that and say, look, uh, people who come here uh, have something to offer and want to get engaged. We ought to be, we ought to be welcoming them. So welcome to Detroit uh, as as well, uh, Martha. I want to start with you, Grandma Rosedale Economic Development Corporation. 
over on the northwest side of the city. Uh, I know that there's a lot of interesting things that are going on there. It's not just about uh, uh, attracting business or opening businesses in the neighborhood. You guys have really gotten involved in the community building that needs to take place, sort of shoring up some of the decay uh, that's creeping into that area of the city. Yeah, that's right. Um, Grandmont Roseville Development Corporation has been around for, um, I think we're in our 27th year. And um, it's really, it, it started with our residents um, and everything that we do, our, our board is entirely residents. So all of our community revitalization, which includes economic development, um, is really based on what our community wants to see. Yeah. So, so talk about some of the, the specific things that you guys are doing in, in that community. Sure. Um, well, on the residential side, we are starting to um, establish a special assessment district. We are in the petitioning stage, um, which will provide our community with additional security, snow removal, and mosquito abatement, um, as defined by the state's public act. And um, um, on the economic development side, we're really looking at um, our three corridors, our major corridors, Grand River Avenue. Um, we are inviting the Congress for the New Urbanism in actually this weekend to do a three-day design charrette looking at Grand River Avenue, how we can make it more of a walkable um, downtown destination style development. Yeah. Uh, Grand River is one of those sort of interesting uh, places in the city. I can remember as a kid growing up here in the 70s and the 80s, uh, a lot of commerce up and down, especially that stretch uh, through Grandmont Rosedale near the Southfield Freeway. At the same time, uh, you know, it's a it's a six-lane street. Seven. <laughs> Seven, with, if you count right. the turn lane yes. in, in the middle. There, it doesn't really invite the kinds of development that you see nowadays where it's less car focused and more foot focused. It'd be a hard street to walk up and down if you had to cross at any point. I've always sort of asked or wondered, what are the things that, that we could do? Can you narrow streets? Can you recast the way that they are structured so that they are more friendly to bikes, to people on foot? I would imagine that's a real challenge over there. In yeah, it is, it's a real challenge. It's also a state road. So um, your jurisdiction is a little bit uh, removed from the community itself. Uh, however, the traffic counts that we've noticed have declined um, as Detroit's population has declined. It's right. still a commuter road. However, um, we feel pretty confident that we could do some street treatments, including bike lanes, if that's what folks want and will use, medians, um, definitely pedestrian refuges so that people can get across the street more comfortably and easily. There are um, only two signalized intersections in the mile between the Southfield Freeway and Evergreen. Uh -huh. um, and so we see a lot of jaywalking. There have definitely been pedestrian fatalities in the past years. And right, you can't cross the street right. legally. In, in fact, in a lot places. of our residents, um, they get in their car to <laughs> to go across to Grand River. Across. Yeah, which, yeah. you know, obviously that's not what they want to do. That's not what we want to see. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also want to welcome Sarah Pavelko uh, to the program. She manages the 0% home repair loan program. She was previously at the Southwest Detroit Business Association. She facilitated a national ULI advisory services panel that created a vision to redevelop a former DPW site and oversaw pre-development activities for this project. Sarah, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. If I can just clarify, I, oh, sure. I don't uh, manage the program. I work for a consulting firm, Corporate Facts, where a strategic 
strategic planning financial management firm. We helped the city of Detroit and Detroit Lisk design the home design that. loan okay. program. Yep. Okay, well, we'll get that right. Um, uh, let's talk about what that is, the 0% home repair low loan program, where it's sort of uh, taking root here in the city and, and what it's doing. Yeah, uh, this has been a really great program and it's uh, one year in. Uh, we recently did an evaluation of the program to look at how can who are we reaching, how um, what improvements are needed, and uh, how, what are we looking at in the future on the program. And the original uh, thinking behind the program was from the mayor's office was a program that would serve uh, longtime residents, people who had lived here for a long time. There were other new programs coming out that uh, did a lot to support new homeowners uh, or um, people coming in. But this program is really designed to serve the existing population. You do have to have lived in your home at least six months. And we found that this program uh, is primarily serving uh, older population. The average age, I think, was in the 50s. A majority of the recipients, um, over 400 pre-approved applicants, are uh, 50 years of age or older. Mm-hmm. And it's a 0% interest. It's a pretty simple program. It's 0% interest. It has very flexible uh, lending terms with, um, in terms of credit scores and uh, income ratios, uh, loan-to-values. Uh-huh. And uh, folks can uh, uh, use it to make improvements on their home. Uh, one of the great benefits is that the city, um, with a construction management firm, provides uh, construction management services. So there's assistance in helping you select the contractor, write the specifications, and then oversee the repairs. And that is uh, something that uh, that can be quite difficult when you're trying to do the repairs yourself, especially if you have no experience, uh, finding a contractor, making sure that your communication of what you want is clear and that it's done up to the uh, expectations of what yeah. should be done. And and this is one of the sort of uh, underneath the surface kind of issues that you see in Detroit neighborhoods. People who have owned their homes for a long time, been here for a long time, uh, but are in a different financial position now than they might have been 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, people drive through neighborhoods all the time and talk about, well, you know, the houses are aren't kept up the way they used to be, and you can see lots of disrepair. This is one of the sort of drivers of that, is Mm -hmm. you've got an older population that in many cases just doesn't have uh, the ability to keep those up. And so this program, it sounds like, is really targeted at, uh, again, that specific sort of just beneath the surface kind of uh, decay issue that that we face here in the city. Yeah, that is exactly who it's reaching, and a lot of the... um uh, applicants, they own their own homes, or they own them free and clear, and so they don't have existing mortgage right. necessarily. And uh, the, the so the program, uh, but they've been in it for a while and uh, haven't had the ability to, uh, because of loan to values and other issues, haven't been able to take out right. the needed uh, uh, home repair funds for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also want to welcome Aaron Goodman to the program. He's uh, works with Community Development Advocates of Detroit, CDAD. Uh, he is a community engagement manager who brings 10 years of experience engaging in a broad spectrum of social, economic, and environmental justice issues in Southeast Michigan and abroad. He's got a master's degree in urban planning from my alma mater, U- University of Michigan, with a specialization in participatory community engagement and land use planning. Aaron, 
welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, so let's talk about the what does the community engagement manager do at CDAD? So CDAD uh, is a citywide association of community development organizations, block clubs, and neighborhood associations. And so we have members all over the city, over 100 right now, uh-huh. and they are involved in any number of community building, community uh, development, economic development, affordable housing development activities, or just keeping up their neighborhood at the block club and neighborhood association level. And so uh, my role as the community engagement manager is to make sure that all those uh, groups and those associations are connected to what's going on in the broader uh, level at the city, whether it's policy advocacy. Uh, We help neighborhoods do community plans. Um, We've just published a map and a directory of all the community-based organizations across the city. It's called D-Community. And uh, that's really kind of a platform to help elevate the work at the neighborhood level of organizations like Grand Mount Rosedale, of block clubs, who um, are looking to connect both both of each other and also across the city at a at a broader level. Yeah, yeah. And what are the kinds of things that you're seeing uh, from CDAD about? community groups uh, in in the city and sort of the things that uh, that they are doing uh, that that maybe they they weren't doing before or some of the things that they need uh, to to sort of do more I mean community groups are are in some cases some of the oldest kinds of institutions in in uh, Detroit neighborhoods at the same time we've got sort of newer groups popping up uh, every once in a while in places people organizing uh, differently or for the first time uh, talk about that that sort of community how it how it looks now how it's changed sure so you know traditionally and you ma- I appreciate you mentioned that community development is kind of like old school <laughs> development in Detroit um, but it's actually very active and uh, we love the the kind of renewed focus on neighborhoods kind of a, a bigger awareness citywide but these folks have been doing it for a long time yeah. and so um, it's very interesting because as more people move into the city, new people move into neighborhoods, they see the need and have a desire to connect with their neighborhood groups, uh, whether it's a nonprofit community development organization or a neighborhood association. Um, And at the same time, we've also seen that community groups, block clubs, uh, they require capacity assistance. Um, They want to know how to be better organized, how to access grant funds, how to... um, become uh, formally recognized as a 501c3 perhaps how to how to better outreach to their neighbors so um last year we worked on a capacity building program specifically targeted for uh, block clubs and neighborhood associations to help them kind of get to that next level to be a little more sophisticated so they can get the work done at their at in their neighborhoods and recognizing that we we ask a lot of our neighborhood groups here I was going to say I mean the I burden mean, on them is really different today than it was like I said when mm-hmm. I was growing up here in the 70s and 80s the city was able to do yeah. a lot more for neighborhoods uh, than it is now you've got so now you've got these groups uh, of ordinary citizens who just live here who mm-hmm. are having to figure out things uh, about their neighborhood and how to make it work that they wouldn't necessarily have any reason to know uh, and may not, as you point out, have the capacity to, to sort of figure out how to get it done. So I think that there's a balance because on the one hand, you know, neighborhoods don't necessarily want to wait for the city to kind of provide a level of services that uh, used to be there that may not be coming anytime soon. At yeah. the same time, another big important part for CDAD is policy advocacy, helping neighborhoods know how to advocate for what they need for, from the city 
And so um, we don't necessarily want to say, oh, you should just do it all yourself and kind of abdicate this, the city of its responsibility to provide services uh, we, um, while still recognizing the urgent need of help helping neighborhoods uh, yeah. kind of get it done. Sure. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDETM. Stephen Henderson and my guests are all members of the Urban Land Institute's Michigan Young's, Michigan's Young Leaders Group. Martha Portier is with the Grandmont Rosedale Development Corporation. Sarah Pavelko uh, works with the 0% Home Repair Loan Program. And Aaron Goodman works with Community Development Advocates of Detroit CDAD. Uh, we are talking about what is going on in the city uh, from that sort of community level what uh, is changing what's sort of coming together uh, what do you make of the wave of young people coming into Detroit doing this kind of work do you think the sort of old industry leaders and longtime businesses in the community can learn something from uh, these new folks here in Detroit and if you are a young person working in Detroit or considering it could you see yourself sort of digging in this way into the community? Could you see yourself staying here and raising a family here, staying in Detroit long term? Uh, give us a call, 313-577-1019 if you want to join the conversation. That's 313-577-1019. Uh, guys, I want to ask you about that that sort of newcomer, uh, outsider uh, presence here in Detroit as, as three people who did come here um, from, from other places. How have you found the sort of reception even uh, uh, to, to, to people who come from other places to Detroit to, to work at this level, which is not not, you know, opening a business or working downtown for Quicken or somebody like that. Those are important things, too. But this is this is more focused on uh, the city itself and the people who live here. Uh, Martha, I'll start with you. Yeah, um, I think that those who come into the city have the most success when they really take a look around and figure out what's already here and what's been going on. Um, and, you know, I'll be the first to admit that that took me a minute or two <laughs> yeah. to figure out. It's a complicated place. Yeah. Right? Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a really amazing place for that reason. Um, but politics are different here. Social norms are different here. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of respect that we, not only as newcomers, but as young people, um, are due to give our, our older generations and those who have been in Detroit through all the good and the bad. Yeah. Uh, wh- where did you come to Detroit from? I grew up in Rochester Hills, okay. went to okay. school in Ann Arbor, uh-huh. yeah, um, and go. then I lived <laughs> abroad actually for five years. So when I came to Detroit, I made the decision not only to move back to the United States, but to move back to Detroit thinking I was going to be, you know, this hot shot, like <laughs> mover and shaker and um, naively uh, really got my my stuff handed to me, um, but I appreciated that. It helped me grow. When you say got your stuff handed to you, was it, was it uh, I mean, was it that you were uh, involved with Grandmont Rosedale Development Corporation and, and sort of not recognizing exactly? No, actually, I, I couldn't get a job in the city to save my life. I, um, I worked outside of the city, actually in the municipal realm, for uh-huh. um, the past five years. And now that I'm a Detroit Revitalization Fellow, I, I have the chance to come and actually work in the city where I've lived. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really important. Uh, Sarah, uh, talk about that newcomer sort of experience here in Detroit. I would actually echo a lot of what Martha just said um, and add to it. Uh, I've learned the importance of listening, which I'm not necessarily very good at, but uh, I I live in the North End, and I've lived in the North End on right on the east and west side of, of Woodward for uh-huh. the last uh, 12 years. 
my neighbors have always been really uh, welcoming and supportive of me. And um, the more I find that the more I am open and listen and flexible, uh, the the stronger the relationships have developed, yeah. uh, the more that I've learned and uh, the more welcoming that people have been. I think the biggest takeaway is that um, when you come from different areas, you have different networks and different uh access to information or resources or what have you. And it's really important to uh, work and support what's happening and bring those resources or um, information to support and help grow what's going on and acknowledging what's going on. There's uh, hundreds of thousands of people that have lived in the city. It's not they're, it's and not they're not an just empty... sitting around waiting for no. and, some sort of and superhero to come and fix all. Exactly, they, a lot of them were very engaged. Yep, and, and they've made the this a really interesting place. They've kept um, a, a lot of things going. The the particularly a lot of the older residents in my neighborhood and my block club, the North End neighbors. Uh, it's not millennials that are going out there and cleaning up the neighborhood. <laughs> it's, right. it's amazing. Folks significantly <laughs> older than me are spending all day long out uh, in these huge neighborhood cleanups. And uh, they've been doing more than just holding on and maintaining. They've been uh, keeping the spirit and the, the, the city alive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Goodman. Sure. Well, I'm, I would really just continue to add on to what my, my two fellow guests said. Um, you know, I came here to the city really to work with people to um, find uh, solutions or cl- uh, do collective problem solving, not to necessarily do anything for anyone. Um, and that involves just like a lot of listening and a lot of um, really um, trying to get understand of, of what has happened here and, and what's going on. And so, yes, I would just say a lot of listening. And, you yeah. know, I got my start you were in Southwest for some time, correct? Uh, actually, no. I got my start on the East Side, okay. running a farmer's market on the East Side, and that was really a wonderful introduction to community-based work here in the city. And uh, it was an invaluable experience. I, I still keep in touch with my farmer's market <laughs> vendors to this day, yeah. and uh, East Side Farmer's Market is no longer uh, functioning, but right, right. But That's it was a gone. great experience. Yeah. Uh, let's take some calls here. Uh, Rico in Detroit. Rico, welcome to Detroit today. Hi. How you doing? Good. How are you? Um, I, I'm a 37 year old Detroiter. Uh, I'm looking to buy my first home because I want to take advantage of these low uh, cost of homes because I want to take put my stake in this city because. I was talking to my peer group. A lot of them want to move out to Southfield, East Point, or whatever. And, you know, and I keep telling them, Detroit is not going to get fixed when people always want to run. <laughs> when everyone's leaving. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It, 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 it's going to get fixed when people take charge. I said, you don't like the police service, join the police service. You don't like the firefighter service, you know, join. Be more active. And a lot of people just frustrated on my end with my peer group, and I'm trying to keep them motivated because... Uh, the elders who've been here the longest, they don't want to keep me motivated. And I can see it's an easy comeback because there's yeah, some elbow groups in some of these houses. But, I mean, you can own a home for $1,000 if you're willing to put the work in. Yeah. Uh, so, Rico, t- uh, tell me about uh, your your home search. Uh, what what areas are you finding things that that interest you in, and are you are you finding that uh, that it's as easy as people think it is sort of to buy in, in, in the city? Um, I'm looking in, uh, uh, well, I can go by zip codes, like the 48, 
235 to 48224. Okay. Uh, um, over there in, in the, the Grosmont area. You know, I know I won't get in that area, but anything close, she's still looking for it. My whole idea is I'd rather have a block that have boarded up houses versus a block that have bunked up houses. <laughs> boarded up houses, you can you can deal with, right? You know, but a burned down house. But when they're burned, yeah. yeah, yeah. But so, it's still a pretty yeah, bleak choice. But uh, <laughs> but, but I, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, thank you, uh, Rico. Thank you very much uh, for that call. You know, I I, I wonder, uh, Sarah, uh, that zero percent home repair loan program. Rico there is talking about uh, the, the need for people who are here to, to stay and sort of double down on Detroit. I would imagine that you guys hear a lot of that kind of sentiment from the people who, who want these loans. They, they, they don't want to leave. Yep, that's exactly right. And it's, uh, th- it's important the number of different home mortgage programs that are coming out because there's now um, the Detroit Mortgage program, which would help someone like Rico purchase that home um, without regard to the loan to value. Um, But also, uh, where I live on John R., the street Mount Vernon, when I moved there, every home was occupied. And now, uh, 10 years later, almost all of them are, uh, uh, not almost all, but a significant number of them have gone vacant. vacant, And they're from older folks who have either moved out or they've passed away and their kids have not wanted to um, maintain those homes or someone else come in. And so it's great to hear people want to stay in Detroit, um, but they're, they need the resources. The um, uh, older uh, residents who owned those homes didn't necessarily have access to the resources. The financing sure. wasn't available. And so they didn't get, so there was a lot of deferred maintenance. Um, and then to place that burden on a younger person who um, is maybe starting out on a, uh, with a new job is significant. And so the more programs that we have to support uh, folks uh, rehabbing these homes and moving into them is very, very important. And what's the solution when when you have a neighborhood like that? When you have uh, people who who you know a block that's intact uh, ten years, fifteen years ago that today is really struggling. Uh, and and I ask as somebody who's now sort of reinvolved with the block where I was born over on the west side, uh, a tuxedo near Livernois, It's the same kind of story where. Uh, when I moved back here in 2007, I remember driving up and down that street and seeing that there were still people in a lot of the houses, or most of them. Now half of them uh, on that block are either empty or burned down or or uh, just gone. I mean, it, it, it really is a challenge, not just for the city to think of what's next, but for the people who live there, uh, they, they will talk about, you know, I'm not sure what what to do with all of this. Well, if I had the maybe answer that's a, for that, maybe that's, my, a, well, maybe that's an unfair the, question. No, I mean, if I had the answer to that, our, our consulting business would be through the roof, right? But uh, it's not, there's not just one answer. I think that uh, the... The, one of the key items is having uh, strong neighborhood networks and yeah. neighborhood block groups and associations. So uh, the North End Neighbors, uh, they started a couple years ago, and they've we, we, they've, we've done a tremendous amount of work to, to board up, to clean up, and uh, support each other. Um, and I think of maybe things would have been a little bit different if that had been organized earlier, or even now with what we're doing, if we had more resources or... Um, 
to, to continue to maintain that neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's definitely the $50 million question or even more than that. How do you get people to stay or come back? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here. When I come back, I'm going to continue my conversation uh, with members of the Urban Land Institute, Michigan's Young Leaders Group. Uh, And if you want to join the conversation, tell us what you think about what's changing in the community here in Detroit. 313-577-1019. Stay with us on Detroit Today. WDET brings Detroit to you. Every day. Every day. This is a different kind of public radio. 1019 WDET, Detroit. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. Thanks for being here. My guests are Martha Portier, who works for the Grandmont Rosedale Development Corporation, Sarah Pavelko, who helps manage the 0% home repair loan program, and Aaron Goodman, community development advocates of Detroit. We are talking about community development and change here in the city of Detroit. If you want to join the conversation, if you're a young person like these three people, uh, living and working here uh, to try to make change in Detroit, give us a call. Tell us what that experience is like uh, and what you what you see coming down the pike. Uh, Stephanie in Detroit, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. I told your producer I was not a young person. Okay, good enough. But <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but I think I talked to you some months ago. I moved back into the house I was born in on Taylor between uh, I remember Linwood that and story, Denver. yes, yes. Okay, so now... I live in a community that has no name. Uh huh. Right. We're not Grandmont. We're not Rosemont. We're not. Some Edison people would Boston. say that's. Some people would say that's Dexter Davison, wouldn't they? No? no. 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 We have no name. All right. We have no name. Okay. So I would like to know. You know, I'm thinking about moving downtown, but I don't want to move. <laughs> but I do want to move. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand and, what you're and saying. And I need to know who can I call to help me. With my neighborhood that has no name, and and help you with the neighborhood, and what, when you say that, what are you thinking of? I want I want you to help me with the elementary school I went with. I had big plans for it. Now it's been you know, what do we do with that school? The only thing that saves my community is Sacred Heart Seminary. Right, right, okay. They save it. They're still I, there, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Uh-huh. So who do I call? to talk about my neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start with Aaron Goodman, CDAD. Uh, talk about how you might organize in that community, or if there is organization in that community that maybe uh, Stephanie can can join up with. Well, sure. I would say that CDAD is here for uh, neighborhoods just like Stephanie's. And in particular, we, while we traditionally work with already established associations and block clubs, we are also very interested in helping new groups to get started to at least kind of give them a little bit of advice on, on how they can help get started getting yeah. more organized, whether that's kind of establishing an identity for their community or um, how to reach out to more neighbors. And so we're not the only organization that does that, but it's something that uh, we, we take, we find very important. How common is what Stephanie's talking about in, in the city where you have areas that would say, we don't really have a name. We don't really have a neighborhood name, and we don't have organization around the idea of being a neighborhood. Um, it's It kind of runs the gamut, I'll yeah. be honest, because there, we have hundreds, if maybe not a thousand different neighborhood associations across the city, sure. and yet some of them are there in name only. Some of them haven't been active in many years. Some of them are very, many are very active. And so 
it really uh, it really depends. But there's certainly one thing that we are focused on at CDED is trying to make sure that every part of the city actually does have a functioning uh, community development or neighborhood association. So we, we are looking forward to helping identify through the D community map actually where, where the gaps are with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the phones quickly here. Christy in Ann Arbor. Christy, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Um, my question is for Sarah, and I was wondering if, um, I know she consults for a company that provides a 0% loans, you know, for people to fix their homes. But my question is, how hard would it be to expand those services for um people who live in the city to maybe include some type of banking services to generate revenue um, for the city of Detroit so that they would have more opportunities to rebuild and restructure the neighborhoods. I mean, I realize they offer a 0% home fix-it loan, but maybe they could charge 1% and generate revenue from it to put money back into the till to start rebuilding and provide Hmm. more Structure, you know, infrastructure yeah. and opportunities to rebuild the city. Christy, How thank you. Yeah, Christy, thank you very it. much for that call. Uh, Sarah, we've got about a minute left, so. Well, <laughs> you've really, gotta... really quick, the the mayor's vision on this program was that it would be very simple. It would be zero uh-huh. percent. It's a reward to the residents, people who have stayed in their homes, and yeah. so yes, we could have. Um, there could have been a one percent. Uh, interest on there that could have gone back in and supported more loans, but uh, the the core of the program was to be simple and to support current residents. So, yeah. and that's what it's doing. Uh, but there are a number of programs out there that the say, people, doing there are do, people yep. looking at this mm-hmm. banking issue, yep. which is another yep. real, real issue in neighborhoods. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us uh, today. I want to thank my guests, Martha Portier, Sarah Pavelko and Aaron Goodman, all members of the Urban Land Institute, Michigan's Young Leaders Group. Thank you guys for being here, and thank you guys for being in Detroit and doing all the work uh, that you're doing. Uh, This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET, Wayne State's public radio station. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. See you tomorrow.